<laughs> How does he feel about that? <laughs> and just like that, that's how we start this week's Game of Owns episode. I'm Zach Louie. I'm your host for this episode, and that means that between the five of us, I'm the one who decided to speak up the most in our pre-documenting, conversationing on Skype chat. Um, welcome, everyone. We are officially now the iTunes new and noteworthy Game of Owns. Way! Yeah, our, and we can't mention something else. So, everyone, <laughs> everyone's back, and by everyone I mean um, Terrence and Selena are joining us, which is excellent. So shall we just go around again and refresh the people that may be listening for the first time who everyone is? Sure. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Micah Tannenbaum. I'm Terrence Pinkston. And I'm Selena Wilkin. Miss Selena, you had to miss last week because you were doing something important. And by important, I mean probably more important yeah. than this, which was just recording this episode. Why don't you tell <laughs> us all about it? Yeah, well, I'm sorry that I couldn't hang out with you guys, but I was busy in Bath with George R. R. Martin. <laughs> How'd that go? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Score. Well, Did you get his I number? No. Oh God. Um, she got more. Well, than how his do number. I recount? You think, <laughs> you think one would come yeah. after the other? It really was um, a memorable, you know, time in Bath with George R. R. Martin. <laughs> um, no, it was uh, it was really good. You know, while we were in Bath, <laughs> he um, he you know he he did uh, actually lots of people. In wow. bath with us. Wow. <laughs> it was a whole big thing. Was it bubble bath? Oh, yeah. Is it know, safe to um, say it was like a swimming pool, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> it was the size of a swimming pool, yeah. Uh, it was No, it was actually in a church. Oh, It's a group baptism. This just keeps and getting better. <laughs> and it started really with a does. prayer. And yeah, and I just remember thinking that was really strange because, you know, George R. R. Martin, all his religions and Game of Thrones. Were you burning any false idols and uh, declaring your I, allegiance for the God of well, Light? Well, I felt, yeah, I felt like that probably would have been a bit inappropriate. But <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it was really, it was actually really good. He um he asked, he, he talked about, he didn't really say a lot of new stuff, but it was great just to see him in real life. And, you know, he really does look like a sailor, which is cool. I love, like, you know, seeing him in interviews and stuff. Um, he mainly just talked, well, I should probably explain just in case people are really confused. He was uh, at a reading in this place in, in England called Bath. <laughs> I know you guys are all really disappointed now. I'm sorry. Right. Um, but yeah, and, and he uh, he answered a bunch of of audience questions, and it was really kind of annoying because they all asked him about Lord of the Rings, and I'm like, we already know that he's compared to Lord of the Rings, so you know, just get over it. Um, but he did also do a short reading from The Winds of Winter, which was really cool. That's and awesome. um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil anything for you guys. I'll just I'll just say that the final line of the reading was. I see dragons. Oh. And um yeah, interpret that the way you will. So oh no, it was it was really cool. I mean we just started this Game of Thrones podcast and then I got to see George R. R. Martin. Sadly I didn't get to speak to him, otherwise I totally would have plugged this. Um <laughs> Speaking of, okay, so the episode now, is Peter Dinklage still the, the, the main star? Did he did he did he continue his awesome from the, the season two premiere yeah. into this second episode? Oh hell yeah! Yeah, yeah definitely. I, 
I agree. Are you are you I asking agree. that because you didn't watch the episode again? Eric, no, no, I absolutely did watch. The <laughs> Eric did not watch it this week, did he? I absolutely. Well, I did, and considering the proximity of when we're releasing this episode, based on when it airs, <laughs> I think that case could be made. What, what are you getting? But at? <laughs> what are you getting uh, at, Eric? Nothing, nothing. I've seen the episode, loved it, and let me just say, guys, Micah and Zach, this is to you specifically because you were on last week's episode, mm-hmm. but you guys kept your calm. You were so collected mm-hmm. when I was talking about Craster opening up a bed and breakfast for White Walkers to come in, sleep with his daughters to appease the White Walkers and prevent a war. You were so collected. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, at the end of this episode this week, we learned something huge yeah. about them. And you guys were like, no and big you know. deal. No big deal. Last <laughs> week, I, I you let me go on thinking. Ice fuck, wasn't it? Ice fuck is wow. what it was. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> But you know what's what's funny about that big reveal is that I don't know about about you, Micah, but I don't think that ever was explained in the book. I'm trying to remember now uh, because I've read Clash of Kings such a long time ago that yeah, it's not it's not I'm, jumping I, yeah, out I'm at me though. I don't well. remember well, guys, that specifically. They're breeding them into new ice people. Well, that's what I'm yeah, I'm pretty like- sure we're just left led to the imagination in the book so it's interesting there I, I just assumed and, and Selena what I was saying last week I just assumed anything with the White Walkers was super relevant because I, I was complaining that the last time we had seen them was pretty much like in the pilot of the first season we learned we seemed to learn a lot about them then but there was like nothing ever since and I was like okay what about this threat beyond the wall you know so that was my big deal with it I'm reading A Clash of Kings right now and just uh, unless I haven't gotten to that part I don't remember that in the book huh. at all See, that is so interesting because, yeah, like in the book, I'm pretty sure they just sort of leave it with, oh, um, we, we assume that the White Walkers eat the babies. But here they sort of make made it a point that the White Walkers take the babies away. So if they consulted George R. R. Martin on that, which they probably did, I wonder if that's going to have some kind of, like we're going to learn in a later book, a much later book, <laughs> hmm. that um, those babies actually grow up to be some kind of, I don't know, warriors? Or... I'm assuming. Because we assume the White Walkers are like zombie type people. Right. Well, it, huh. it definitely makes sense though now as to why he's able to keep the White Walkers at bay from invading his home yeah. because he's providing them with all of his sons. Yeah, but if you, yeah. If you think about it though, it's it's probably definitely above... It's probably definitely more than just, hey, I'm going to feed you these small children because if they wanted them enough, they would just storm the keep and eat every person. Well, they, they had mm-hmm. no problem killing yeah, babies I... at the end of the first episode, so exactly. why do they do it this one? I, I mean, what's going to happen in the third episode? It's just becoming this trend of baby killing at the end of each episode. Right? <laughs> oh, gosh. Did they say that, though? Didn't they say there was going to be like 10 times more baby killing in this season? Wasn't that one of the promos? That was the tagline of the season, wasn't it? <laughs> Infanticide. It was like, Ten times more baby killing. Infanticide. <laughs> what would a White Walker want with a baby? Wow, try saying that five times fast. But what would a White Walker <laughs> want oh, with a baby? God. Nothing, nothing not devious, I'm sure. Nothing I, not well, devious. Either he's building an they're uh, building an army, or I, I just assumed it was part of the magic. You know, you need you like to to make their evil ritual society live they need <laughs> to sacrifice they should just children. take power thirst and spawn 400 babies it'd yeah. be so much faster God, I don't know because we've seen a child white walker before mm-hmm. haven't we that girl but baby you, you can't imagine that baby walkers would be it's that it's like effective. breaking dawn you know what I'm saying <laughs> can you see them crawling across <laughs> the thing yeah 
<laughs> well, yeah. like that girl. It is like Becky that Dawn. girl in the episode. I I didn't know if she was a White Walker, or if she was like a human girl that had died and was like now being possessed. Like with, the, I think that's the same thing. Like the same thing, probably yeah. the same thing. Is it? I think so. Yeah. The, the question that I have is: Doesn't that make Crasser a much more sympathetic character? Like, don't you feel bad no. for him now? Uh, Why? Because no, he bruised John Snow's face at the end. No, I do. I feel. I no, he's given away son. I mean, he's given away the sons of his, essentially the sons yeah. of his daughters, <laughs> away to these White Walkers and. From what we know from the White Walkers, even from last season, they're nothing but murderous, raving. Yeah, but Craster could be having. Yeah, Craster is an. He could be having all of these kids, and it could be his. I don't know, like his only way to fight is to do something really terrible and wrong to keep the rest of his family alive. You see what I'm saying? But Craster mm-hmm. is just like mm-hmm. an inbreeding crap face. Like, <laughs> well, okay, but but like you know, say, they, let's say no somebody comes to you and says, "You're, I'm going to kill you right now," or you survive and you provide an army. You yeah. know, I'm sure he's just trying to stay alive because, like, stuff is crazy outside of the wall. Yeah, man. You know, north north of the wall, like anything goes. There's White Walkers. I, I, I like. I'm not saying he's totally, you know, uh, absolved of any blame because he's he's causing some serious trouble to like his daughters, you know, mentally and otherwise. But I'm saying like I can totally see a situation where the White Walkers have given him this option. He's found a way. He's found a way to appease them he's found a way to to kind of stay alive and he's given them essentially a fresh supply uh although it sounds disgusting to say that of kids you know of 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 young boys it's terrible but Mm -hmm. i'm wondering like i was so enthralled by the end of the episode because i was like oh snap what are the white walkers doing because i I had i missed them i don't think he has to stay there though you're making it seem like he has to stay behind, uh, beyond the wall. He can move anywhere he wants to, and he'd be much safer than he is now. Do you think that the White Walkers would let him move, since he would? They would no longer have their supply of fresh young boys. Just go during the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Crasher seems so much con- so much more content up there than he would be in the South. Just, just you know, from probably... general observation. But I mean, he has all he has all of these women. His uh, daughters. At his disposal, you know, he has his own little, yeah, he has his own little keep, he has his own little, you know, village, and, you know, <laughs> what more could you want? You know, it's like owning a piece of land, raising and, your and family. Sleeping with your family, right? perfect. <laughs> perfect. Well, I, think of, I, well, I think of what the girl yay. said in the first episode, you know, the girl was like, father does this, it's for our protection, for our safety, and it's like she really believes that, but she seemed like she'd been indoctrinated, like he's telling them, oh, it's for your safety, so he must really believe it, but right. I don't oh, want to spend God, too much yeah. time on it, but yeah, it's, it's bad, horrible. it's bad, but then I'm just, now I'm worried mm-hmm. about Jon Snow, I hope that doesn't leave a mark. <laughs> I think what we're seeing face. is definitely the case of someone who is... Probably began more of like, a, oh my god, this is so sad, this is a terrible thing that's happening to me, and then eventually just settled into it and just started sleeping with countless women and giving birth to sons that he didn't care about and feeding them to people he didn't care about even more. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's just yeah. a vicious cycle that he's a part of that he it just doesn't really care to fix and it has kind of turned him into a villain. Yeah. I mean, and he is a wildling too, so that might be why he chooses to live beyond the wall and not go any further. Right. He's just sympathetic to the Night's Watch for some reason. But of course, we did get to meet in this episode his daughter, Gilly. Uh, <gasps> and we had our first interaction between Gilly, John, I and Sam. The, I love the entire first scene with her and Sam and how just how timid he was. Just so, so, so timid. Yeah. It was beautiful. 
she told him that he was brave, which I thought was a really nice sort of opening scene. It, it was it was good to well, establish the connection between that character and then and obviously him. But I really loved when the trifecta came together and they had their first conversation and, and John was just so dismissive and he was like, yeah, Sam, who is this? And he's like, hey, this is a girl I found. He's like, yeah, Sam, I see it's a girl. Why is she standing here? You know what I mean? Like, I just love that entire scene. It was such a great exchange. And then um, and then Sam goes, I didn't touch her. And then John goes, yeah. no, you only wanted her. Yeah, no, that's a really, that's a really good, I thought that was a really good setup, especially, you know, considering how, Sort of what it's setting up, I should say. God, it's really hard not to spoil. You really start to see the the change in Sam too. Like when he's interacting with Ghost, the fact that he can control Ghost and this huge direwolf and tell him exactly what to do, and he listens. I mean, that's just a sort of a a character building Mm. moment. We kind of see him, you know, develop as the as the season goes on, but. I just thought that that was that was a cool scene and Ghost man he's been eating his it was so good to see Ghost so good to see Ghost huge he was was. not small he was larger than most things he was I don't think he was exactly (laughs) the same size as Rob's though I think he might have been just a tad smaller as as usual though well one thing I wanted to ask you know Terrence and Selena because you guys weren't on the last episode before we really get into the Nightlands what was your overall impressions of the season premiere Oh, gosh. <laughs> you, you know, whenever we left last season, I mean, everything was kind of building up, building up, building up, and then all hell finally broke loose. And then, like, the last two episodes were just, I mean, all guns blazing, going all out. But whenever we come back in and settle in for the second season, what what happens is you, you kind of get into that rhythmic pace that, okay, you have to get back into this uh, rhythmic pace, which the writers have been very good at doing uh you know even last season you know they know th- they know the kind of story that they want to tell and they know exactly where they want to play certain events and things like that just to keep the episodes flowing and i felt like coming into this episode it started out a bit slow for me because i was used to that you know that fast paceness of the ending of last season and my initial reactions of the episode weren't really positive at all at all i was kind of like wow that's it you know, um, all all the news and all the promos and everything. I guess I had overhyped myself with it a little bit. But um, as I have sat down, you know, a little bit more this past week and and watched it a couple more times, and then watched the this new episode that come out that came out, I found that it was a lot. I I, I was starting to get to get used to that pacing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you say that because when I first watched it, like I really enjoyed the first episode, but. I thought some of the scenes, um, like the scenes at King's Landing, not the, the the delivery of the lines weren't bad, but the pacing seemed strange to me. Like it was it was so strange when I when when I when I watched some of the scenes, like the the acting was so good, but it was like there was there was too much pause between the lines. It was very strange. But then once you got beyond that. It was just awesome, and I really enjoyed, you know, seeing Tyrion make his grand entrance and getting our first, you know, sort of proper look at Tommen and Myrcella. And um, it was beautiful. It was. Oh, it was. I really loved it. Beautiful. I was so back into it. Yeah, I was just gonna say, watching it back though, I noticed Zach what you were talking about, where they did a really great job of using the comet to connect all the different yeah. characters throughout the world. Like, I didn't notice that the first time I watched it. Mm. I watched it back last night. It was yeah. just really cool how they were able to do that. 
It's supposed to be just uh, the mechanic is supposed to be like a passive form of filmmaking and storytelling where you don't quite notice it. Like you wouldn't take away from it. But me being geeky and I like being my job, I would see it. (laughs) And I just thought that it was a really natural thing that they did because that's something that is in the book and is part of the story. And it's just like not only is this happening in the, the opening episode. Um, of it, it's it, just the way they did it was perfect. They they used it in a series premiere to to establish all the different portions of the kingdom. Like, if that right there doesn't win them some awards for how they did how they use that as a mechanic for filmmaking and for story, I like, I'll be very shocked. Yeah, <laughs> it'll win for best guest star. Right, right. The comment. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. I think as a as my final comment for uh, for episode one, um, I think now we're starting to realize where the characters are starting to realize the effects of Ned Stark's death. Um, you know, last season of what? We only had a full episode, really, of uh, the reaction to Ned Stark's death, and that was mainly, we saw his family, and then, you know, all hell kind of breaks loose with that, but now we're kind of seeing, um, you know, Tyrion go uh, telling Cersei that, well, you know, you have three yeah. stars, <laughs> and you only have one, and... right. You know that was kind of an oh shit uh-huh. moment for her. No, one thing that sorry um, that I did I didn't notice though with both these episodes was that I feel like and I again it's been a while since I read Clash of Kings, um, but I feel like they're really pushing things faster than I was expecting. Like they're de- they're developing some of these storylines sort of ahead of of what they should be narratively in the book. Yeah, and I think we talked about this um, on our opening episode, but we're probably dealing with the direct fact that they're trying to create an arc that for each character that makes sense chronologically with the way they're rewriting for the series outside of the structure of the book. Like, for example, this week uh, with Arya's storyline, I could have sworn that she didn't tell, like that Gendry didn't find out that she was Stark until much later in the I story. I assume so. But then it just makes sense yeah. that, you know, he finds out now. So. Yeah, it's it's just a way for them to create more of a, you know, a fervor with inside of the story that, you know, not not that long sort of payoff that's just like, hey, by the way, I'm Arya Stark. Yeah. Like, there's plenty of long payoffs. They don't want to litter the whole show with them. You know what I mean? In this episode, much like in last week's episode, we are sort of introduced with a moment where Tyrion, and by sort of, I mean definitely, imp slaps another human being. Uh, but in this episode, he imp slaps, I think, two. I think our count is at two people. Am I right here? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. All right. First Definitely. first of which being when he walks into his bedroom. And can, I, can we just make a comment on how sweet as hell Tyrion's bedroom is? His entire, his entire housing situation is pretty awesome. Can I, can I give an agreement? I don't know. I think his house looked pretty small. Yeah, it was, it was a little well, bit small. Well, to him yeah. it looks big. <laughs> I'm just saying I, I think it was probably <laughs> small. I think they were counting on that. They were like, we're going to give him the smallest quarters in the castle. That's terrible. No, no, no. You walked in and you can see the winds. You can see the beauty outside of King's Landing. I think it's awesome. How many views like that do you think there are in King's Landing, though? Well, well he is the hand of the king right now, so he is in the be- same bedroom that Ned Stark Right, that's was what in. I'm saying. Like, yeah. think about it this way. You are in this society where some people are dying because they can't afford bread. And so when you're walking to this fancy place and you've got like a plate of grapes and cheese laid out, like you are, that's he, that he is where it's at. Like it's, it, that's nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's a Lannister. So. That's what I'm saying. I'm just really jealous of his bedroom. So he mm-hmm. walks into his bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he sees this lady who he's brought out of poverty and blah, blah, blah. You know, she's traveling around, hanging out with the alpha people. And you know, I find her annoying. Yeah. She deserves to not be around anyone ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
But she walks up, he walks up to the table and he she's sitting there having a conversation with uh, Mr. Eunuch here. What do you guys think about that? Because when I saw this happen, I was like, ah, oh, you know what? Here it comes. Here comes the vicious cycle of the hand of the king exactly. getting slowly usurped exactly. and getting stabbed with a knife or, or cut with a knife. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't think anything about that. I was just worried for his lady friend. You know, I don't... I didn't think she was too special, but he's got a soft spot for her. So I, as the viewer, want to have a soft spot for her. And I just thought, oh, great. Now that somebody knows of her existence, because she wasn't supposed to open the door for anybody. Previous episode, Tyrion was like, bitch, do not open the door for anybody. And clearly she yeah, did. Yeah, she's stupid. Yeah, clearly <laughs> she let this guy in. Now that he right. knows about her. Who said and he's, he opened- You know, he's like, oh, it's so nice that you have, you know, this connection and that you met when you were young and all that stuff. But he's like... Really, he's just talking about, wow, I'm going to use this bit of information to my complete favor and have her killed when it will best suit me. You yeah. know? But is it, is it stated she opened the door? I, I, I don't know how else he would have gotten into the room unless he's a climber. Mm, he could be really <laughs> could proficient <laughs> at picking locks, though. Maybe he disguised himself as Mr. Clean and was like, yeah, I'm the cleaning guy. I bet he's, to... he's a eunuch, he's so definitely... I bet he's really good with his hands. Pine salt. <laughs> He's definitely, like, weaseling his way into, you know, Tyrion's sort of safe space to yeah. best take advantage of him because he is the master manipulator. But, right. man, Tyrion was, like, having none of it. He was like, I do not take threats well. You know, yeah. you do not he threaten me. He was so like, pissed. Yeah, he was angry. Well, I, I was kind of wondering, what did Shay tell him, really? I mean, we don't what? know what, what they were oh. talking about. I mean, sure, you can say, oh... The problem with Shay and the reason I was really bothered when it all happened is because, you know, we know that inherently she is a very shady person as well. And I think that we may be adding someone else to the ring of who's playing the Game of Thrones super well. And if she's cohorting with people like Mr. Unicide, Mr. Eunuch, I can think of many names for him before the course of this episode's over. But if she's, if she's playing games with him... Um, this could be a very terrible thing because we know that Tyrion is probably one of the smartest people in the Seven Kingdoms, but at the same time, he's also got a little bit too much honor to his own family and to, you know, formalities and things like that to really be vicious. So he's got a friend that sees no use for formalities. She's very, I'm trying to think of the word here, you know, like, what is it like Dionysian? When you just say she's innocent, I mean like no, in she's way not. That she's not like, innocent at all. No, no. she is not innocent. Yeah. She's a whore. She's oh, okay, okay. <laughs> smite her, smite her for her sins. <laughs> no, that's exactly what she is. She's a whore with. Okay, a I'm yeah. saying though, Tyrion is the smartest. This you know one of the smartest characters in the Seven Kingdoms, as Zach just said. This girl is not smart, and she lets this guy no, in. No, she she's, is smart though. He's not supposed, but he's not supposed to know she's there. And that was, you know, strict orders. But basically, by associating himself with with her, Tyrion makes himself weaker. That's true. Um, but keep in mind, Eric, Tyrion is smart yeah. enough not to have someone around that closely that he doesn't feel is on the same intellectual level as him. Well, I think that it, we're definitely going to see that Tyrion's soft spot for Shay is is going to be a problem because you know if he didn't have a soft spot for Shay, he'd basically be untouchable. But because he does care about her and because Varys has fi- found her I think that is going to work to his disadvantage because he has something to lose right well he gets Tyrion gets too attached emotionally I mean if you yeah. remember think back to last last season when he was sitting there uh, with Shay and they were playing that drinking game kind of and uh, he told them exactly 
what had happened with his first time. Exactly. And, uh, and, and that whole sham behind that. And then he got really, really angry and really pissed. But that that's that's kind of one of his qualities, though. He's he. He cares. He yeah. cares about people. Well, yeah, I think I think you see that later on too in this episode where he's talking with John O'Slint, and he's basically I don't know. I, I think you see it there, and then you also see it when he's talking with Braun. You know, when he asks him the question, mm-hmm. you know, if I told you to go and and kill an innocent child, would you do it? And Braun responds by saying, "I'd I'd ask how much or something." But you can tell there's there's actual emotion in Tyrion. You know, he the reason why he sends Slint off to the Night's Watch is because he can't believe what this guy has done. You know, he went out and he killed these innocent children. And I think you, you see a lot of that from him throughout the series. And that's why he's such uh, a redeemable character, why people are drawn to him. Mm-hmm. That's why we love yeah. him. Yeah. Do, do we think that Tyrion has some sense Absolutely. of honor? Well, yeah. Oh, Absolutely. yeah, definitely. I think he has the most honor out of like every character. I'll give you that. Show. Yeah, that entire scene with with Lord Slint was really great. Like I said, it was another one of his sort of owning moments where he began the conversation. You know, obviously patting the person, saying all these nice things, making the person comfortable, <laughs> giving him all these props, and then slowly working him into saying when he finally tells Slint, he goes, "Hey, uh, like, how could I buy your honor? You don't have any honor at all, or something like that." He says, "I'm not questioning your honor. I'm questioning yes. <laughs> something." It, it was a really yes. great one-liner, and it was. If you watch closely, you can just see the complete swagger that Peter Peter Dinklage portrayed within Tyrion because he he acted as if, "Listen, I know this guy could swing his dagger at my face right now, but I'm just going to pretend like he isn't." So he didn't flinch at him erupting and banging around on the table, and he didn't flinch when he was called an imp, and he didn't flinch when he was called a dwarf. He held his composure the entire time. He should have stopped at imp. Right. <laughs> And then he invites Braun out, and they send him off to the Night Watch. Perfect, perfect. He doesn't kill him. He doesn't do anything stupid. He just makes him swear filthy to a giant magical wall and the fact that there'll be no women around for a while. Yeah, and and I think he really doesn't right. like betrayal because he specifically brings up Ned Stark in in that conversation with Slint, and yeah. you know, he asks him, "Did you did, did uh, you know something about him being already bought before?" Like he wouldn't be bought by did what was the, what was the line did why didn't you tell Ned Stark that you had already been bought off by my sister or something along those lines? Um, right. He's saying he was he was mad at Tyrion for assuming that he could buy his loyalty, and he goes, "How could I buy it? It's already been bought." Right, right, right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, and exactly. I love I love that scene is also because I really think under different circumstances, Tyrion and Ned Stark would have been like you know best yeah. friends basically because they they both even though they're very different obviously um they both had the same sense of of morals and the same sense that you know they weren't just selfishly exploiting everyone around them they have a sense of right and wrong so i think now that ned's gone Tyrion is pretty much the only one left who we're sure isn't out for well, himself. Well, we have there's Rob Stark, or there's there's always Jon Snow, which is another reason why Tyrion and Jon oh, well, they, they yeah, get along. Like they get along away. so well, but yeah, geographically, <laughs> ah, he's out of the story. He doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> there was a great line about that too, um, it, which you were just saying, Selena. Um, Tyrion said Ned Stark was a man of honor. Mm. Uh, I mean, um, um, it was said that Ned Stark was a man of honor, and Tyrion goes, and I am not. Threaten me again, and I will have you thrown yeah. in. Tyrion's just difference. owned I mean, all throughout this yeah, episode. Yeah, absolutely. So. <laughs> Should be called Tyrion of Owens. Tyrion of Owens. 
The uh, the real problem I had, and and you know we're talking about Tyrion imp slapping uh, the different people throughout this, but but he gets slapped himself by Cersei in this episode, and it was so hard to watch. Uh, but but basically, you know, after she recounts the story of you know basically his birth, uh, she leaves. To, she's she's angry, you know. He's he's it's been a heated conversation. She tells him what was you know she calls it the first joke that he told. Because he said, you're so funny. You're so funny. Here's the first joke you told. She leaves, and he's just silent. He was hurting. She really made him hurt in this episode uh, by doing that to him. And and I, I just, you know, you, it really endears you towards Tyrion because you really, um, you know, just, just feel for him. And, and you're angry at uh, all the other people who are, who are against him. Yeah. I, I have a question for you guys. Do you... Are you able to find sympathy for Cersei? I had it. I had it um, a little bit in the first episode of this season. And, uh, you know, in fact, right until she um, attacked Baelish or whatever, I was just like, wow, you know, she's Mm. bad. Um, I feel bad for her. And then in this episode, too. But again, she just ruined it, you know, before she got, you know, got back at at Tyrion. So, yeah, I, I find myself surprisingly having sympathy for her. At least a little bit each episode. The only, the only sympathy I had for Cersei is whenever she was with Robert, uh, because Robert really didn't treat her all too well, and I think that's that that's kind of set the wheels in her head in motion um, as to what she wanted to do later on in that particular season, because she had been so mistreated about Robert. I, I remember one scene totally stuck in my head, and this is where I really felt sorry for her. It was on their wedding night, and he, she said that Robert had gotten drunk, you know, drank so much wine, but he crawled on top of her, did what little he could do, and then at the same time, he says Leanna's name. Yeah. And that kind of classic that's, mistake, you know, bro. Classic hey girl, mistake. Hey girl, you're married to the king now. <laughs> this is how it rolls in Westeros. Yeah. yeah. But like um even even that it was revealed, um, you know, and, and I was worried about this last week, that, that Joffrey gave the order to kill the bastards, that it wasn't mm. Cersei. Mm-hmm. And and that she had no knowledge of yeah. it. Like, okay, there's some sympathy there because she, last season she was pulling all the strings. Or you know, at least the majority of them that came from King's King's Landing directly. Um, now this season, everybody else is you know causing things to happen. She is she's been sidelined. Yeah, um, I, I I just lost respect for her though when she said that line where basically the biggest joke is that they lost two of their family members because of him. You know, the mother and and then Jamie because essentially they went to war because Tyrion got captured. So he's the reason why these two very important family members to her are now gone. And you know, to say that he's a joke of a person and that he's not good enough to have, you know, I mean, look, obviously what happened with their mother was an accident, but it's also clear that there's other reasons why she's upset that Jamie's gone. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's true. Oh, yeah. But still to say that kind of thing to hurt your the little brother. man's feelings. Yeah, well, it's he's her brother. To hurt his feelings, I mean, he did, he took it well, though, I mean, but he didn't have anything to say to that. He was just like, you could tell, he was just like, you know, breathing deep, you know, after that to calm himself down. And then he then he moved on, you know, from it, but but it's just like, seriously, it's just like, 
That was one of the best scenes in this episode. And you can for see sure. a real rift in the relationship now too between the two of these people. Well, I think yeah. Cersei, like mm-hmm. her sort of fatal flaw is that she holds grudges. You know, she she sees herself as above you know, because she's beautiful and she's powerful and she's always seen herself as above pretty much everyone around her. And I think that arrogance really sort of ruins her. But I do I do think that there are moments when I do feel so, like I find sympathy for her, especially, you know, in this episode when we find out that she, you know, she loves her son Joffrey and she's re- willing to make all the excuses in the world for him. But at the same time, she would not do what he would do. You know what right. I mean? Like she, she's not the one who would have given the order necessarily to kill all those babies, and I, and I think that's sort of that that's significant. Yeah, I, I, I would feel sorry yeah. for her, but it really comes down to her decisions have sort of ran away from her. Her her decision to tear up the piece of paper that made Ned king regent, you know what I mean, or protector of the throne. Her decision to do x amount of things that essentially put joffrey into power that you know allowed jamie to push bran off of the cliff or off of the the window etc 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 has all gotten away from her and she can't just be this innocent lady that's like oh what was me all these bad things are happening my son he slapped me he's killing babies he's doing he he yeah. he declared ned's death you know like mm-hmm. it's like yeah you can feel sorry for her at the same time but i mean at the end of the day she is a lannister lannister and she She's a terrible yeah, she's person. Back and she's <laughs> the no question. But I think yeah. that um, mm-hmm. Tyrion is probably saving. Like he didn't say anything to her when she made the big joke line because he's probably saving his punchline eventually, which we know that he will definitely pull out at one point, and that will sort of be the uh, the uh, insult to end all all insults. But <laughs> essentially, he could just call her out for <laughs> inbreeding. You know, like <laughs> yeah, that's that's the yeah, line basically. that I'm waiting for. Uh, <laughs> But I'm not sure he would do that, though, because, I mean, again, Tyrion absolutely hates Joffrey, but he, he, Almond. you know, and he does have that whole, you know, Lannister's yeah, family it, first it would, thing. It, would, it must be, it's definitely a conflict to, on, on, the, on the one hand, you know, yeah. out his sister for being as horrible a person as she is, and then disgracing, in, by the same token, disgracing his family. Right. By letting, by furthering that, you know, the knowledge mm-hmm. of that disgrace. So it's going to be an interesting conflict for him to try and work out. Mm. Yeah, it's perfect. I think it's Tyrion mentions is what she, she allowed her son to do to the people. You know, the fact that she allowed the the Night's Watch to go out there. I'm oh, sorry, the, was it? Kingsguard. The Kingsguard, I'm sorry, to go out there and slaughter children throughout the city does not endear her to the people, does not endear King Joffrey to the people. And that's going to be another battle that they're going to have to fight moving forward as well. I mean, you want to do everything in your power with war coming to have the people within King's Landing on your side. Yeah, it looks as if they're trying to rule by force and not by example. So they're 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 trying to lead with an iron fist, which is, you know, he's pulling up a bunch of the uh, same traits that the Mad King had. And maybe we'll see um, yeah. some sort of a decline the same way that we did for him. Yeah, but all you hear about is the numbers. You know, Tyrion's talking about numbers. Everybody's talking about how many numbers they have at their command, you know, for their king. We will outnumber King's Landing two to one, says, you know, Stannis or, or whoever. You know, just talking about um, 
numbers, and if, if the people of King's Landing aren't on the Lannister side, then the Lannisters have a huge problem. And I think it's only really obvious to, to Tyrion, who's who you know can only tell him, he can only say that so many times to Cersei. Well, they're arrogant. Uh, they they believe too much in themselves and in what their coins can buy. Well, I, I think just the other thing is, you know, it's been an episode, maybe an episode and a half since, you know, Tyrion has been appointed Hand of the King. We do need to see more of Tyrion and, and Joffrey, you know, just kind of more advising and King's Affairs, that kind of thing. Even if it's uneasy or even if Joffrey, like, rejects him, like, we need to see more of that. Absolutely. Because that's, you know, that's, that's kind of, that's the, that's what Tyrion's there to do. And he's kind of just gotten sidetracked so far. It seems to be a really common theme in this episode that we're dealing with so much, not really treachery on the side of others within their own family, but we, we see the same thing from Theon when he returns home. And we're, he's, we have an obvious amount of animosity from his father and himself, which is really interesting. And then obviously we have the, uh, the uh, reveal of his sister, who was, <laughs> who was his, uh, let's say, what's the word, like, partner uh, shepherd from the boats to the castle <laughs> who he had a very questionable horse ride with that was a little bit more graphic in the show than it was in the book i love that the series is constantly pushing boundaries um of what they can show on tv even like that's that's pretty much all i have to say for that scene um i mean he had just gotten some too yeah. you know on the boat on the boat ride over so <laughs> i don't know Try that smiling with s- your mouth closed. Oh my god! <laughs> that, guy's got, that guy's got stamina. Bad oh, that was so bad. Yeah. Oh god, I I hate. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna come out and say it. Oh. I absolutely hate Theon. I think he's sleazy, <laughs> a slime ball. Okay, but how is that slime. different from other? <laughs> you know, characters? the Says thing the on girl. the boat. <laughs> yeah, because you, I'll he's give you that. Creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and he's so entitled and that's the difference because you know the thing like all like in season one when you know you saw him with um like he has this just deep-seated um bitterness and entitlement you could see it in the scene when when he was with his dad and he was just like but i'm your son i'm supposed to lead i'm blah 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 and oh i think he had it coming i think that asha not uh yara god still so annoyed they changed her name um I think she like she she got him, and I'm like, you <laughs> go, girl. Icky, even though it was, it was a, a really underhanded way to have such a, just a brilliant insult on top of him. Like that was it was a way to say, hey, listen, I am a, yes. I am a chick, and I understand that, but I'm also the king of my sexuality, like you men think you are too. Yeah, yeah, she was totally able to play that game mm-hmm. and 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 get out of it what she wanted to, and she accused him of wearing the skirts. So. Well, he was, he was, yeah. I guess I don't know. It was. was more like a more like a raincoat. He was like, like, "Do you?" Trend. I love when Lord Greyjoy says, "Did you get those clothes with iron or gold?" Which, if you guys yeah. haven't seen the episode yet, basically he was implying, "Hey, did you buy those or did you slice someone up and take those from his body?" Which is a really fun which, thing because we think about fashion nowadays and think about yeah. all the clothes that we wear and like yada yada yada. Yeah. Like you guys Eric, don't maybe slice we should. Your clothes Eric's up been shopping with me. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like, what we do in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> you go out, you buy clothes, and I it's cool. I have to say, there were no oh, yeah. bodies laid to waste when we went out shopping. There should have been for that damn place. And, uh, yeah. and, you know, what if nowadays, and I say nowadays, what if on our planet, if we're going to go planetary and interstellar, what if on our planet and the way we live, our, our sense of normality, our sense of existence, we 
thought that it was okay that if we really liked someone's clothes, we could just like Baldur's Gate style kill them and take it. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that has happened in the past, though. Like, I yeah, guess this it's is like on Castaway when the guy way, rolls, you know? sweeps up on shore and he's like, "Man, my feet have been hurting because yeah. I'm trying to get all this coconut," <laughs> and he just takes his shoes off of him. He's like, "Well, he he wasn't using them." It's exactly like on Castaway. Exactly I drew, I drew like that comparison myself. No, yeah. so so Lord Greyjoy is <laughs> basically giving Theon all of this help mm-hmm. because I mean he's been with Ned for so so long, and like he says, the Starks have had you for longer than I have. So he's afraid that. He's gone, air quotes, soft because he sees the the people in the north as, you know, whether they be honorable, they're also the people that sort of made it to where he lost his throne. So he's not only pissed and has a grudge, but also at the same time, the Greyjoys and their sort of shippy pirate self, they feel stronger and they feel more badass than X and Y. They are stronger, really. I mean, if we, from what we heard in the, in this episode, what they have like a hundred thousand men at their command. So essentially the great joys are the most. Here's, here's the problem I have with the TV show, I think, is that, you know, when, when he was approaching on the boat, the, the, are they the Iron Islands? And, he, you know, he's looking up into the, the castle where his, where his dad is. Um, you know, I didn't see anybody else. He gets ashore. There's that one guy who, who's going to get him a horse. Then he meets his sister. And there's nobody around. They have a hundred thousand men, but it's not this huge kingdom. It's like these two like pillared towers on a on a rock. They looked completely vacant. They look completely empty. You're talking about a civilization that has, you know, a hundred thousand people, a hundred thousand men. They they what are they gonna be all malnourished, living in a well somewhere? Like where are where are well, all Well first these of all, they're they're called the Iron Islands. So I'm sure so they're more... they're spread out. There's not just Pike, which is the island that we went to in this episode where Lord Greyjoy lives. And I liked what Selena was saying earlier, though, about Theon having this sense of entitlement, because even as he's on the boat with the boat whore, I guess you could call her. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Yeah, get in his... Getting his uh, scurvy on or whatever, however you want to. Yeah. He talks about having this grand reception when he gets, you know, to Pike and... There's nobody there to greet him, so he he's thinking that oh I'm the lone son or living son of mm. of Balon Greyjoy, and when I get there, there's going to be this huge reception, and he gets there and and he meets this old guy who, you know, has to get him a horse. So I don't know. I I think he thinks too much of himself. I agree that he's a sleazeball, and his story plays out that way. Um, I uh, think yes. Later on, you may feel somewhat sympathetic towards him. Uh, I agree with you. I think that for right now, he is a sleaze. And uh, did you guys notice the one thing that Balon Greyjoy said towards the end of uh, his scene there where Theon mentions to him that it's impossible for us to take King's Landing and he says, who said anything about King's Landing? Yes. Which So that should be a little bit of a... Interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a definite flip, you know, because we yeah. went into it. We went into it thinking that Theon was going to grab some numbers for Rob's side, and I almost said our side because I feel like we kind of naturally align ourselves with the Starks. Am I right here? Just viewers of the show in general. I don't know. Yeah. I always um, like it. Align myself. Let's hear it. You got some like counterculture <laughs> idea. She's like, I really like so, Daenerys. I, I think so that. I don't like her. Well, I like her. I don't like her. I guess I just always sort of expected 
when I was reading the books that the story, like the real war would start when Daenerys came to Westeros and you know I kind of had to yeah. do my words in that one that's but. that's my thought too especially watching the first season I was like you know how like the very last scene was Daenerys and her mm-hmm. dragons and there hasn't been a dragon scene in centuries the fact that there's a comet in the sky that means dragons you know I, I, I just thought that, that Daenerys would be a little bit more central I guess uh, well that's like to- I was saying in episode one what's gonna happen is all of this fighting that we're seeing and the central lands of Westeros and all these people claiming, claiming kingship over all of these kingdoms, mm-hmm. none of it's going to matter when the dragons rise and the south yeah. and the and the the, uh, the, the snow falls. Comes. You know what I'm yes. saying? It's going to be oh. fire and it's going to be snow. Oh, it's going to be fire, fire and blood. ice. Just a lot of fire. Just a lot of <laughs> fire and ice. There ice, you go. Ice and fire. Oh, ice and fire. Go. Oh, my ice bad. and fire. Yeah. Is that a tactical advantage? I mean, yeah, sure, but oh, let's not talk tactics. Can <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, dragons can be killed. You have Come so on. many soldiers on horseback. I wonder uh, if one dragons. of them have a Dovahkiin. That'd be great. That's a Skyrim joke. Well, three, three dragons, right? Aren't there three? Yeah. So there were three eggs. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I can't wait. I, I want more da- Daenerys. Mm-hmm. All right, right Selena, what did you think when Daenerys had to face with one of her riders coming back beheaded? Did, did you feel sorry for her? Since we know that you're the big Daenerys ship. <laughs> I, I, I just, just ship her, Daenerys. Just Daenerys, herself. Yeah. Um, just herself, that's yes. it. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, I felt even worse for her um, servant girl, I guess. Even though, again, that was another thing that wasn't really in the books. Yeah, that was terrible. Now she cried, unlike anyone I've ever heard cry. I mean, she was pretty sad. Yeah. If you guys have you ever seen anyone like beheaded? <laughs> not, not personally. Nah, maybe you would too. <laughs> it um, echoed off the mountains, though. It was that loud, right? Yeah, that's what should I'm they saying. Should I bring like, all the blood riders to them now? You know. Yeah, she should just take care of all that, and they're still thirsty. Yeah, I mean, the reason why that didn't make sense for me, and and again, I, I agree with you, Selena. I don't remember it being in the books, is because if there was another. Uh, Kalasar, right? That close to send a horse back with somebody's head yeah. in it, you would think that they would be close enough to be attacked. That's what I was thinking. You, how about just send back a bomb with it? You know what I mean? Something crazy. That's why I don't remember it from the books. This is not a huge spoiler. I mean, they're not attacked by any other group prior to them arriving wherever they go. So that's why I thought it was a little weird. The horse isn't going to know where to go <laughs> unless like th- th- their enemies are you know, a couple hundred yards away. I just want to know who's siding with who because we've got the Greyjoys getting crazy and just saying, hey, we're going to fight everyone because we're just pissed at everyone because no one's cool pirates like us. But then you've got <laughs> Stannis and you've got Davos and Davos like, listen, man, pirate friend, here's what we're going to do. Salador, what's his, what's the guy's name? I love him. Salador. So Davos recruits Salador and all of his pirate mateys and they're all going to line Yar. up with Stannis. Yar, exactly. So are they going to meet in battle outside of King's Landing and then decide who's going to sack King's Landing? Or are they going to join Maybe. forces? And the, how do those people meet up with Rob Stark? How do those people meet up with the two? We'll just, we'll just call them the, the Baratheon two that are fighting. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many different factions that are coming yeah. off on this city. Like, can we just agree that King's Landing, be it as it may, has a great view? It definitely isn't worth every single person do you guys do you guys find it confusing you know like as like haven't read haven't read the 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 series do you think that there are too many sides like is it hard to follow or is it just really cool i think it's perfect yeah no it's it's really great that we've have we have a story that is 
you know, pulling our emotions in so many different ways. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like I said, is forfeit to what the greater, you know, what what the greater goal of the entire story is, which is to create even more mass confusion uh, on top I of think, all that. Yeah, but I think it can be confusing, though. Yeah, I'm confused. <laughs> you know, was it Catalan says, now there's a king in every corner. And then in this episode, Cersei, when uh, Tyrion reads the letter, uh, is it, isn't it from... Uh, the old bear that they need more men for the night's watch and uh man's raider comes up and what is she she says something along the lines oh is that five kings now that we have because he's the king beyond the wall right you know it, it is it's a lot to take in and i that's why i think going back to what you said selena about the first episode it being kind of slow i i agree with you and i i also said in the last episode it was short um in terms of season premieres, but I do think it was a little slow. And I think it's because they, they, again, like they have to set it up all over um, because they do have so many new characters. That's just, that's just what I think though. I think they're going to be setting this, this season up upwards into the fourth or fifth episode for sure. And it's kind of what they did last season, honestly, Mm -hmm. a lot of rising and then a whole lot of falling action. And then they're, they're not keeping it constrained to a few episodes. The entire series sort of has an overall arc on top of each character's supporting arc. If you see what I'm saying, let's talk about pathetic characters. Then what about Ross? She's not pathetic. That was so sad. What, um, what, what's his face did to her? Baelish. Yeah. Yeah. No, what Bailey's did to her was amazing. Oh, I have to say, like, like that. that was the scariest, like, moment for her. That was, like, I, I just had so much, like, uh, you know, I, I just love that scene where he, like, scares her into... But still, like, what's where's that going, that's you a, know, is what I was That's a good question because, like, the whole Roz storyline, obviously, she does not exist in the books. And when they decided... No, not, not at, at all. all. Because she's like the main exactly, whore, she's the alpha she? whore. She's the alpha whore. <laughs> like you guys yeah. said, and yeah. like the the fact that they chose to introduce her last season to so, and they I think the the writer said something about using her to track um, the story in some way. But that's really interesting for us who who know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen to Roz. I assume she's going to die in some horrible way, but when, we don't know when. <laughs> it's exciting. Well, like, that's probably a safe be, assumption. It could be worse. Like, if she didn't die, she could be sold, like Baelish was saying. Like, you know, couldn't couldn't find out how to make this other girl She's kind of like, so she's kinda like the, um, the Mary Sue of, of Game of Thrones. She went from, from Winterfell to um, to King's Landing. She's They're probably going to sell her off and she's going to end up like with Daenerys for a while. And then she's going to travel to like somewhere else. And I don't know. Yeah, she's I a wonder. very traveled lady. She's not in the book. I mean, she is in the books, but she's not in the books to this extent, when, right? I ha- When is she in the books? Do you remember that one scene with Tyrion? Oh, scene in, in the first book or something. I just assumed that he would be with the alpha whore at one point <laughs> in the book. Well, he's he's Theon's whore. Or he she's Theon's whore. <laughs> oh, spoiler! Sorry, guys. It's actually a man. This whole scene with Lord Theon just kind of kind of took me back a little bit about how graphic <laughs> this series is. Sometimes, I mean, you have well, oh come on, not that bad. You have oh, one guy coming out and said, "I barely touched her." She started to cry, and then this other girl walking the other way. He snaps his fingers. She comes. He cleans her oh, up yeah. real fast. That was and disgusting. Then sends him through. Oh, sends him, sends him through, and then she freaking kisses the guy. Yeah. There's, the, yeah. I mean, what does the... she care? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. It yeah, heavy. it's the, those scenes in the brothel are, you know, probably the well, guys, biggest ones. 
HBO. Yeah, there, this episode there was there was a lot of <laughs> fucking. Yeah, they up. came back strong with that because in the pilot, <laughs> I think surprisingly no ice. <laughs> yeah, there was not a lot in the first episode, and I was like, ooh, they've no, toned it down. HBO. <laughs> yeah, HBOs. Um, HBO. HBOs. They're but, great. But, and initially talked to her was I thought, wow, you know, he really. He's going to have this sincere side and sit down and talk to her and make her feel better. And then I started to watch it. And then he <laughs> says this line, those with the most power have the poorest grace. And uh, and then he goes, I hate bad investments. And I'm thinking, God, what a dick. I mean, this, seriously, this guy, he, he, this, this girl is mm. going through so much right now. No. And he, but it's not. It wasn't her kid who died. When, yeah, when he, what like, she got into it, I thought, for? okay. She, I was, I was like, I was no, really though, because I was like, it's, it's not her even her friend kid. who lost her She's, baby. It's her whore friend, guys. Her friend, her mm-hmm. friend lost her baby. Like it's not hers though. I'm like, why you right, gotta interfere exactly. with business, girl? Yeah, girl, you know, come on, girl. Bad investment, girl. I'm trying so to make money, girl. Baelish scaring her into you know continuing her work. Let's just I don't call know. it that. Was. A tactic. He wasn't. He doesn't make him a but good I person. Think, but damn, was that fun to watch? I don't know. I just didn't think it was in character for for him. Maybe that was my problem. For with bad, it. But isn't isn't he like isn't he like the the master the puppet master here like of the whole oh, thing? Oh yeah. I mean, isn't so? What was what part of it wasn't in? Well, character? I think if he was if he was lying about that thing with the the other horror that he was talking about then it was in character because then he was manipulating her but if that actually happened i i just felt like the 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 impression that i have of his character that's not who he is like he's sleazy and he's manipulative but he's not cruel the fact of the matter is the alpha whore sets an example for the rest (laughs) of his workers right no seriously yeah he can't have her crying and you know essentially not being able to please a high-paying customer just because it's her whim. It's her job. When you have personal problems, you go into work, you shut it off, you, you clock in, you clock out. And that's all he's asking of her. It's like, hey, I pay you. I paid for you. You live here. You live you know, free, blah, blah, blah. You drink wine and you eat cheese and grapes all the time. Earn your keep and quit crying about some bullshit. You know what I mean? It's that's her basically profession. what he was saying. Yeah. <laughs> they have a union, don't they? It's like it's like what if what if we decided oh I'm so sick my latte burned the roof of my mouth this morning I can't be on Game of Owns like how is the show going to go on if one of us decides to step away you Yeah know we'd I mean? be like shut the hell up and <laughs> do yeah. the show or we're going to send you off to uh yeah. <laughs> get molested go to bath and, yeah Get molested in the bath. No, and we made Terrence join Selena just for protective exactly. purposes over in bath exactly. and it went fine. <laughs> You see what I'm saying, though. That uh, it, it was very, in my opinion, it was very in character because at the end of the day, he is a he is a strong guy inside of a weak guy's body, and he's very smart. Right. And at, he just doesn't want his business crashing. Yeah, that makes and sense. Guy the, a weak guy's body. The best huh. way to stay on top of your business and not let anything crumble is to pay attention to each small aspect. He can't let his alpha whore start crying and not pleasing people. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Especially when the guy complained directly yeah, to he, him about it. You know? Yeah, that's some shit. He had a heart. He had a heart to heart. He took her aside, and they had a heart. Yeah, to heart. and and then like he gave her the day off. So you know, there you go. That's the way. <laughs> he did give her. He did give her the day off. Come on, he wasn't like you got to snap right to it right now. He gave her the day Was off. It paid like, leave though. <laughs> eh, I mean, probably. I mean, like I said, that's a pretty lavish place. You know what I mean? Like she should. She could be really poor. This is back in a society where 
There's a one percent and then there's a ninety nine percent, and she's chilling in the one percent just because she's you know cute. You know, way to make it relevant. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you Occupy. Know. <laughs> well, there was no, another one of those. Uh, there was another one of those scenes, though, too, that uh, we haven't talked about yet. Ooh, Melisandre. I thought it was cruel, man. She was playing I will on give his, you a son. his his manliness. You know, his whole. No, yeah, she was like your wife. She ain't produced nothing. She's ill. She doesn't give you anything. Man, I'm gonna give you a son, and he was like, "Oh, I gotta mount you," you know. But like, that was not. We can tell Eric just got a shamrock shake, eh, guys? Man, scene though that I was wondering. First of all, I'm pretty sure in the books that he has a daughter. And second, Micah, did you get the impression that they were actually sleeping together? In the book, like beforehand. In the books, no, because that's not who he is. I mean. I, I just – I don't think he's very interested in that. I mean he's he's married and he has a daughter, but I just don't think that that, that interests him at all. I think he's very sort of focused mm-hmm. on He's pious. Like the whole point power. of Stannis is that he's honorable and he is like dedicated – you know, focused. And the whole honor thing is so important to him. You know, like the, the entire reasoning for wanting to take power is because he believes that he is the one who – rightfully should you know and it's not about making he doesn't want to make compromises because it's not right and the whole point of him always needing to do the right thing i felt was like kind of undermined by him just falling into bed with melisandre i was kind of shocked by that falling into the table falling falling onto the map with falling onto the the battle map i don't know like sellers of katanas they're kind of i I guess you know that's just a again we need to add some sex because it's HBO, but well, do you think? Yeah, just went clearly there's not enough sex. His clearly. character, I think. Well, do you think that they're trying to make him more <laughs> yeah, interesting probably. because then when his brother comes, well, no, because when his brother comes and is like, "I'm flashy, everybody loves me," which is exactly what he says in the in the promo. Verbatim, <laughs> um, you know, comes up. That then then maybe the audience will side with Stannis instead because otherwise he's just kind of like this duty driven older guy, more like a Ned mm. Stark. But the audience is kind of afraid that's, that's to trust is, another though. Ned Stark like, because the old so one righteous. got his head cut off. Like he's I'm not saying. supposed to be likable. Well, he even yeah. says he says he has a wife, but then he, then five seconds later he's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally, it's yeah. like he doesn't care. Which <laughs> you're right, is not his character. And you know, forgive me, but. Does this happen no, in the book? No, it doesn't book? happen I don't in the book. Specifically, remember, unless I think you would what they're trying to do is set up that scene later on, where she. I don't know, right. I'm not gonna, oh, I'm not of course. Give it away, but... Oh, you already did. You already did. Man. All right. No spoilers in Game of Thrones, guys. I'm pregnant. Well, there's there's a scene like that, but I'm not I'm not going to give it away. It's but not unless what you they're think. trying to give reason behind well, how that happens. Yes. You know, I and right, and, and, and I haven't read much. this far so I'm not going to spoil anything, but um what if she actually does have a son? Wouldn't that mean that that person is the true heir to the Iron Throne? Well, that would be a No. Unless yeah. unless oh, he right, unless he killed or there's an older uh, I just got to keep my <laughs> mouth shut. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Can we all just agree that there is no longer an heir to the Iron Throne? No. Okay. <laughs> Can we all just cross Wait. that bridge? So as the baby killing spree continues, um, the King's Guard approaches what may yet not be, and what is definitely not a baby, but 
a grown man that is <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> he was well, a baby once. He was once. a baby once, but he's now hanging out with the uh, the whole group of ragtag individuals headed up to the wall, including our favorite character, Ari, um, who is actually not Ari at all, who is actually Arya. And she's hanging out with him, and they're, they're gathering limbs, they're gathering timber, and then the king's guard slowly approaches the camp. Yorin did some imps- imp did, slapping yeah. in that Yorin scene. Yorin did a, did a few imp slaps. He did. He was awesome. I was impressed with Yorin's behavior. Yeah, Yorin has a pretty big scene there. And I like the fact that he was able to essentially separate the Night's Watch from everybody else in, in terms of the king's rule. And he's saying, we don't answer to you, essentially, right. so piss off. Right. Which was really nice. Yeah, that was a really good scene. And it was so good to see um, Gendry and, and see him establish that thing with Arya. I absolutely love yeah. The whole Arya Gendry storyline in the books. I thought it was great when Arya was like, "Hey, listen, um, they're out looking for me and you." Turns out, also, mm, I'm yeah. a lady of the court. And he was like, "Oh shit! I wish I would have been asking you about the whole <laughs> cock thing earlier." Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I <laughs> yeah. thought that was such a, a great little just triangle that they're creating between the what she could be, what she is, and what but he is, th- and also what he doesn't know he is. Yeah, man, she 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 has to trust him now with that secret you know it, it puts her in a in a slightly compromised situation but not more so than the right. king's guard showing up and asking you know for the boy either and that's fantastic for her because she has such a hard time trusting people you know and she sort of Arya is like the ultimate you know on her own character and and the fact that she has someone like Gendry who is you know bigger and stronger and and a, and a man, <laughs> which does help <laughs> you know in, in that world he's got a sweet and heart a man. Too, so that's nice. He does, which helps. And and you know he's very very handsome. <laughs> if I knew they were looking for me based on my helmet, I would give my helmet to somebody else, or I would throw it throw it in the river. Like seriously, if that's your only defining feature, yeah. oh, it's a boy with a bull helmet. Get but rid of the helmet. Yeah. Like I'm sorry. He's, Get rid of the helmet. Mm. You see what they did to his dad? They had his dad's face against the ass. Like, it was like, his dad, was that? Eric. Uh, he's guardian, okay? His guardian. Let me just say, the okay, the, the smith. There we go. Right, right? The smith. The smithy. The okay. smith. Okay. They put his face to the flames, man. So Yorin would technically, with his with his outburst towards the Kingsguard and his swift sword pulling and That's and directing toward him. the groin, would you say that Yorin has put himself in the running for this week's second weekly Game of Owns Own of the Week? Yes. Right? Would you say oh, he's yeah. putting himself in that, in that running? Okay, well, who else? Mm. Okay, if we've got... Yorin being a BA. Who else do we have? Oh, Salador San, which is awesome God, comment. Yeah. Talk yeah. About fucking Hell the queen. yeah. Oh, what was that? He goes, listen. He goes, listen. I didn't say anything about raping her. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, wait. So what you're saying is you can pull this off? He's like, I don't believe you. And he's like, that's because I ain't never tried that. That's, that's <laughs> so swag. Uh, I don't think he's gonna, you know, that 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 thing was, you know, airing on the show. I just thought, man, he's not gonna get within fifteen feet of Cersei, man. She's gonna see him coming and have his like leg cut off. He's or like something. a young Kingsley like, Shacklebolt. Salador's got style. <laughs> he's, just, he's just not gonna. He does have style. He's not gonna. Can I can I throw a virus in? I actually wrote this quote down because it was badass. It's when him and Tyrion are at the door. And he said, uh, the storms come and go, the big fish eat the little fish, and I keep on paddling. 
when Tyrion uh, was talking about, <laughs> you know, stay out of my I, business or I'll have your head cut off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I just saw this image of him paddling, oh, like, trying to terrible. stay afloat. With all his little ocean. perfumes around him. That's, that's oh, yeah, terrible. I was just like, that's... No, I don't see... But the only thing I thought was more badass than Yorin was uh, Daenerys. When she saw the head cut off and of... Uh, was it Karras? What's his name? Ricardo. Something like that? Kassar. Akaras. Yeah. The blood of her blood. She sees his head cut off and... You know, she the, the, she says, you know, this isn't anything compared to what you know that Hell's guy's gonna look yeah. like when I'm through with them. You know, I'm such a mean like, girl. Oh, yeah. So mad. <laughs> I was just like, and, and she's like, she's like, no position to threat because you know they're like still they have no water, they have no supplies or anything, and she's like, man, I am avenging this guy. Man, they're gonna look. She's like wearing like van slip-ons. She's. I know so that mad. there's like really sort of I guess polarizing <laughs> views in the fandom of of about Daenerys, but I think she's badass. Like I think she's so cool. Like she's one of the. I don't, I don't know. How can I mean, you not? <laughs> don't ask she's, me. Micah, but, what do you think of Daenerys? She's such a victim. <laughs> <laughs> Got no problem with her. <laughs> what? No, no, no. Fine. Mike is fine with her. All I'm right, watching her right now. Sorry. <laughs> did you say something? I'll have you thrown into the sea whenever he was talking to Varys, as we just mentioned. So. Nice. 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 Yeah. I like I like <laughs> how they keep mentioning it. It's dark. It's like he's yeah, still alive. Yeah, he's Stark will never be gone. <laughs> so as long as those who remain are All right. Lives. I would say probably, I think the, the biggest own of the week would be how, I guess I don't really know what to call her now. Yara or Asha, we'll just call her Miss Thing. How Miss, how Miss how Miss Thing. Thing totally, totally leads Theon on yeah. just so in that throne room she can be like, "Gotcha, bitch." She's like, awesome. I absolutely awesome. It was so beautifully mm-hmm. done, and I think there were a couple great moments in this episode. But I think that honestly, above all, like that really stands. That out. actress, props that, to that actress. She did an amazing job. Yeah. That Erwin Craster knocks Johnson across <laughs> yeah. the face at the end of the episode. Well, also, that was a pretty blatant uh, moment. Whore, and um, she goes, "Father will punish me. He will call me a whore." And then he goes, "I haven't paid you." <laughs> so that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with oh, that, guys, everyone who's listening to the show right now, once again, thank you guys so much for listening. We're on our third episode now, and as we said at the beginning of the episode, we uh, have successfully crossed the line, which is making it into iTunes little new and noteworthy section so what so if you're an itunes staffer and you're listening to this show right now and you would like perhaps a private store of advil meldier <laughs> box we can make that happen just let us know but that's only if you're listening to the other it's game only of thrones if- podcast not us you wouldn't need advil for us exactly uh oh, so snap. if you'd like <laughs> we know we're only on our third episode but we hope that we're slowly climbing the ranks inside of your hearts and maybe we'll even be toward Aww. the top at one of these times um What's the easiest I place to listen to our iTunes, podcast? Definitely. I would guess just iTunes. You know, so yeah, definitely iTunes. subscribe. Yeah. Searching for Game of Owns, and obviously you can find each episode placed strategically on com. and if you look closely enough, you can also find it on GameofOwns.com. And on top of that, we all have very prolific Twitters that I'm sure you can get behind if you'd like to follow. We tweet out-of-context things. We tweet things that really have nothing to do with Game of Thrones a whole lot because guess what? Unfortunately, at this time, Game of Owns is still just a small part exactly. of what we're all doing, right, guys? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Can I just add one more yeah, thing to the show? Because I don't think it's been brought up at all. Sure. I was thinking when you were t- when you were talking about the guy in the cell talking in the third person, I was thinking, Hodor? God, Eric, 
still doesn't Hodor. know who Hodor is, which is really sad. Hodor. <laughs> Obviously, we'd like to hear from you guys, and by hear from you, we mean shoot us a tweet, shoot us an email. You can reach us at – well, right now, Eric has strategically written, and now it's getting highlighted inside the Google Doc. But you can reach us at staffofowns at gameofowns.com or the more traditional way, which is contact at gameofowns.com. And we do want to know what you guys have chosen for your own personal owns of the week. And that means every single little thing that you've chosen, um, and that includes all the things that we've chosen, if perhaps there's something that didn't quite make our list that you guys have seen and chosen on your own. Either way, let us know via Twitter. All the support that you've shown us by rating the podcast and uh, writing a little something nice about what you've heard. Yeah. In addition to uh, at Game of Owns, you can follow at MJTBAUM. Mm, I'm at Zach Louie. I am at Selena Wilkin. And you can also follow at Hypable. And I am at Spielerman. <laughs> or Terrence, US. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? All those descriptions might have been superfluous because if you look strategically inside of this news post that you're probably <laughs> listening to this episode on, there may or may not be links to those Twitter accounts themselves. So <laughs> be sure to do that. Um, it's been super nice having the full panel back together. Are you guys excited for next week's episodes? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Super excited. Oh, yeah. I, I hope it gets leaked early. I hope it gets leaked early. Wouldn't that be cool to see an episode of Game of Thrones before it airs on Sunday? Oh, we would never do that. We would never, ever, <laughs> awesome. ever do that. Keep on winter Filling. coming, oh, y'all. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. We have a lot of outtakes for this week. Since when does someone from Sweden ever say y'all? Goodbye, guys. (laughs) Once again, thanks for listening to this week's Game of Owns, guys. We will see you uh, next week. (laughs) 